Listen at your own discretion as the following content contains strong language, adult dialogue, discussions of violence, and spoilers. Cue the intro. Welcome to Three Reads in a Pod. My name is Sarah. My name is Heather. And I'm Delia. If you're interested in a trio of ladies that get together and record our book club for the masses, then stick around. This episode of Three Reads will be discussing Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer. If you want to read along, we post the book and book bite of the month on our Instagram, Three Reads in a Pod. That's the number Three Reads in a Pod. Without further ado, it's time to turn the page. Okay, so this was my pick. Honestly, we were, I had something else picked out, but we went with this because we were all like, we want to read this book, and we don't ever really have time to read for funsies, so we just added it to the book club. Um, Is that a fair assessment, ladies? Oh, yeah. Okay. So this book is kind of special to me uh, because, I mean, we don't really do dedications on here. I'll get into it, but we, I mean, we don't really do dedications on this show, but um, it's special to me because when I guess when I wrote my notes here, this is not true. My my aunt passed away on July seventh, and you know she enjoyed our podcast. She enjoyed the she shared my love of reading, and she left this world to move on to the next chapter of her journey. My heart is sad, but full of love for her and the love that she gave to me. This book is special because it was the last book I got for my birthday from her. So. My last birthday, this is the book I got uh, for a gift. And then also I was reading chapter four of this book out loud to her the day before she passed away, just because that's what we shared. That was my goodbye for her, um, was us like doing this thing that we both love. Just a couple things about my aunt, because she was fantastic and I want to share my love of her to everybody because she was just wonderful. Um, she was a kind and generous person, uh, and I'm not just saying that to be nice. Uh, she was probably the most genuine, real, down-to-earth individual I've ever known. So this episode is dedicated to my Aunt Marguerite. She was irreplaceable and will be incredibly missed. All right, background. Let's do it. So Stephanie Meyer's bio on her website reads, Stephanie Meyer graduated from Brigham Young University with a degree in English literature. She lives in Arizona with her husband and sons. The rest of her bio is about the number of books she sold and movie info on the Twilight books, so I moved on to Wikipedia. Stephanie Meyer is a 47-year-old American novelist and has been married to her husband since 1994. Meyer is a member of the Church of Latter-day Saints, which is why her novels never discuss or demonstrate smoking, drinking, or explicit sex scenes. Meyer considers herself a feminist despite criticism about her books and their seemingly anti-feminist themes. Um, obviously, we're going to have to talk about this. Direct quote from Wiki, Meyer was included on Time Magazine's list of the 100 most influential people in 2008 and was included in the Forbes Celebrity 100 list of the world's most popular cele powerful celebrities in 2009 with her annual earnings exceeding $50 million. So anyway, there wasn't a whole lot uh, background on her, so we're going to go on to the background on the book. Uh, this book was being written about 13 years ago, but it was leaked in 2006 which prompted stephanie meyer to put the put a pause on writing the manuscript she did say that this book would still have taken a long time for her to write anyway because of the nature of the novel there are no plans to write any other novels from any other people's point of view in case you wanted to know 
all of this is on her website, by the way. If you want to know more info than what I'm going to give you, it's there. So there, there's a pomegranate on the cover of the book. The pomegranate is a nod to the myth of Hades and Persephone. At several points in the story, Edward sees some similarities between himself and Hades and also Bella and Persephone. It's one of the ways he processes what he's going through and also a way to recast himself again as the villain of the story. The image worked as a kind of overview for Edward's headspace. That's a direct quote from the um, website. Uh, the cover, the art page of Midnight Sun has a photo of Canova's Cupid, Cupid and Psyche sculpture. Um, and someone asked why she chose that. She said, I knew the cover was going to be a darker image, the twisted pomegranate with the deep black background and the red droplets that could be blood. So I wanted something soft and romantic on the art page. There's a gentleness and innocence and a sweetness to the moment between Cupid and Psyche that felt aligned to Edward and Bella's first kiss, even though the mythology is unrelated. This image is also a nod to Bella's point of view. She often compares Edward to a beautiful sculpture. Summary of the book. Midnight Sun is a retelling of Twilight's first book in the Twilight series from Edward's point of view. I mean, if you've read Twilight or watched the movies, you know what's going to happen, but I guess I'll give you a quick overview real quick anyway basically this new girl comes to a small town and meets a vampire the vampire wants to drink her blood real bad because it smells super tasty to him him doesn't drink her blood but instead does the next best thing he falls in love with his food as you do you know he tries really hard to stay away from her because he is a bucket of man pain he doesn't want new girl to die either by being his dinner or by becoming what he is which is a vampire He's not strong enough to stay away and instead gets involved with her after he saves her from a group of bad rapist dudes while she's on a prom dress shopping expedition. They solidify their relationship in the meadow, of course, going into this excursion. Bella could have come out of it super dead, but Edward keeps his school. His cool, not his school. He doesn't have a school. Anyway, fast forward to the next day. Bella goes to meet the parents. It goes well. Edward returns the favor. It also goes well. That evening, Bella goes to watch vampires play baseball. At this time, three other not-cool people eating, instead of animal eating like the Cullens vampires, come along on the scene and think new girl Bella would make a nice snack. Obviously, Edward doesn't go in for that kind of thing, so he sends her to Arizona, and he works on taking down the tracker of the group, which doesn't work. The tracker gets a hold of Bella and about kills her, but Edward and the clan swoop in just in time to save her. Fast forward a minute, and they're at prom. It ends with Edward pressing his lips to Bella's neck with the intention of leaving us in suspense and allusion to Bella being turned into a vampire by Edward. Of course, with Edward, we get more background on what people are thinking, the relationships and dynamics, and not only his family, but others around him. The biggest thing is that we get so much more information on Bella as well. And that's pretty much it. I do have a couple of discussion questions for when we're done discussing this book, but that's that's my background. Initial thoughts. Who wants to go first? Heather, why don't you go first? So I think I really liked hearing everybody's thoughts. I think that added a nice touch because I'm like, this is good. I just read, you know, I've already read this book. Like I've read Twilight. This is nothing mm-hmm. new. So I think to add something a little more, it was really nice to be able to read everyone's thoughts. I hate the relationship a whole, whole lot. And it was amazing that at some point in my life, I was like, oh, wow, this is great. No, but it's not good. I think Stephanie Meyer is also a wonderful writer. I think her actual writing is really good. Imagery is solid without being too much. 
it's really easy to read. You can read right through it, and it's it's nice and easy to digest, easy story. I just don't know that I love the story itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. But overall, it was a fun read. Right. Solid. I guess I'll go next. Uh, but I like the point of view. I thought it was a really unique idea to have it from, you know, Edward's point of view. I thought that was really, and not just like chapters, you know, how sometimes it's like the idea of two separate books, you know, instead Mm -hmm. of just like chapters, uh, changing point of view. I thought that was interesting. I wished that I could have read it before. I wish it were, it were completed before like all the movies and everything came out. Like I wish it weren't leaked and that she would have completed it sooner um, because I just had this all like the movies were already in my head and the characters like it's hard to picture the first villain Edward you know that you imagined the first time reading it versus the second time so mm-hmm. that was that's was my initial thoughts and then I'll break down the rest later <laughs> <laughs> I honestly if this were an option if if like if she if she would have wrote this instead of Twilight I think I would have not that I don't love Twilight. I do. It's got a good little space in my heart just because of all my teen years that I spent devoted to it. Uh, okay. Obviously mm-hmm. not super devoted to it now because of some of the reasons that Heather has mentioned, uh, such as that their relationship kind of sucks. But they are teenagers, and I uh, apologize to any teens out there listening, but you Sorry guys' teens. brains are soaked in hormones, so it makes you kind of dumb. It's not your fault. We don't blame you. We blame the hormones. I'm just kidding. But no, I... <laughs> she's just kidding. We do blame you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> God. No, I um, I I did like this book though. I think that if I had a choice between this and Twilight, I would read this 110 times over because it I did say so, that so much better. I think that mm-hmm. you get a better description, a better story. It's you get more information about the main goddamn character. Yes, than you do yes. from Twilight. Twilight, we uh, honestly, Bella is a Mary Sue. She, she, there's, there's nothing there. But with this book, and I'll, and I'll get off of this real quick after I, like, I, I know this is initial thoughts, and I kind of got into it a little bit. But with Twilight, you have Bella, who's a Mary Sue. She has no thoughts or feel. Like, she has thoughts, but she doesn't have any like preferences. Like you don't know that she likes this kind of poetry or what have you. You don't know any of that information because she doesn't give it to you, which is really odd and not i don't think that that's first of all people in general are very egocentric so for her to not give us any Mm -hmm. information about herself doesn't speak very truly of how humankind works but whatever Mm -hmm. it's fine but we get all of that information with edward i feel like she's a fully fleshed out character in this book whereas in twilight i'm like you're a piece of paper like there's nothing Mm -hmm. here you just have some thoughts maybe obviously some emotions but like you're a cardboard cutout, personal mm-hmm. opinion. So anyway, yeah. I liked this book in comparison to Twilight. Uh, I have obviously have some beef with it, but for the most part, I think it's a good book. For mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think she did a good job adding things to it mm-hmm. so that it wasn't just the same read. Yes, yes. Yes. I was worried it was going to be the same story, just, you know, and I didn't want that, but I really enjoyed the extra that was added in. I think it, it was really well done. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed his point of view, the the tone mm-hmm. of his character, and I think that really fit with him. The word choice, like I think he, you know, it was it was really nice. I enjoyed that. It it was able to flow really well. 
Mm-hmm. And I like not the glimpses Flint. of like the past couple years of his life. Like he's been alive for about for about a century at this point, roundabout. Mm-hmm. And so I really enjoy that we get these glimpses of different decades that he existed in. But we yes. didn't get that from Bella's point of view. And we get we also get it from the different characters' points of view because he can read their minds. Like it was that is super dynamic and beautiful. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah, like that the fact that he really likes Angela. Just yeah. because her thoughts are more pure. Like right. little things like that, you you get a little more of each character because you're seeing it from their perspective but from mm-hmm. Edward's perspective of their perspective. It's very inception. Right. Of it. um, <laughs> one thing that I really liked about that was when Jacob was in the book and one thing that Edward had said was that he, one of his main beefs, I guess not beefs, but the thing that made him jealous of Jacob was the fact that he was so kind and he was human. Mm-hmm. So he was both of those things. And I thought it was so neat to see his little thoughts and they were just like, Oh, look Bella hey Bella and then it's like you know he's just thinking yeah. and then when he goes out to the car and he's like wait I'm a moron it was trying to get rid of me <laughs> I was like mm, he was just trying to get rid of me and I thought oh my gosh he's so cute he's so precious and and he, of course he had that like um I don't know like, I, it's interesting to me that Edward can see that and then see like hey he's a good person and then you know obviously we know how the rest of the story plays out but that was yes seeing the thoughts like that how jealous jessica was um Mm -hmm. and then angela being so kind and him repaying her by getting ben with her just you know little things like that that. i thought that was really nice and uh like you had mentioned with the um the thoughts like you'd seen the different centuries when he first you know he's like man i want this girl i want her blood like this is the best smelling blood i've ever mm-hmm. came across right and then he sees that emmett had the same issue you know yeah. and other people have had the same issue and then you go from there and i thought that was really interesting to see that it wasn't just him and what mm-hmm. actually occurred within that was really neat yeah I also he also uses i know we talked about different decades but he also uses different like phrases and words from decades like you can tell he's mm-hmm. he's like, there's being an old soul, and then there's, I'd live through these things. So, like, I think on page 64, he mentions the word cad. He's like, I'm such a cad. Um, so he's using different words from, from his era, and he mentions using a word he hasn't used in front of a lady. Yes, like I had that one word. highlighted. Yeah, like, that's I very, that so I thought funny. that that was so well done of her, of Stephanie. I also thought, found it to be really funny that he didn't, like, some of these human emotions that he's feeling, he doesn't understand them. So mm-hmm. he's mad and he's jealous at Tyler, but he doesn't understand that that's what's going on, which mm-hmm. I just found to be very funny. I was just like, your vampire has been alive for how long? And you don't understand jealousy? Also, real quick, can we talk about how you think you know better than everybody else, except you don't <laughs> understand jealousy? You fucking moron! Mm-hmm. Who, how, right. who gave you permission to make certain decisions about certain things when you don't know stuff? I'm sorry. Absolutely. thought you were on fucking mission. Better like you're not. Yeah, well, that's what you get when you're stuck at 17. I think this jo- this book did a great job yeah. of explaining. Because mm-hmm. I know it's a little creepy. People are like, well, he's, you know, 100 years old and Bella's 16 or 17. Right, he is too. When you are a vampire, it did a great job of explaining how stuck you are. As that, that's your, it's very, very, it takes a whole lot Mm -hmm. for you to change who you are. And so 
I mean, Bella was that for him. He sticks with that, though. Some of that stuff of, like, we don't need to be together. I'm going to force myself to stay away from her. Most of that, that is his stubbornness. And it stuck with him <laughs> until the very end, until there was no other options except mm-hmm. to change her, as we've seen. Because he talks a lot about how, even, okay, and this is skipping ahead, but the end of the book, he was going to leave Bella at the, like, way before the end of the book, he was like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm done. This was a sign that I don't need to be with her. And then he decides to stay with her long enough for her to get better so that her emotional health doesn't intrude on her physical health after, you know, she goes through that altercation with James. And I was like, you're a fucking asshole. Let's talk right? real quick. Okay. Not, if I start to dominate this conversation, please feel free to cut me off. But, okay. No, heat it up. Let's do it. Can we talk about how... Stephanie Meyer's like, I'm a feminist, except Edward makes all these fucking decisions about Bella. Every Can we talk about one that? of them. Oh my gosh. Yes, please. Yeah. Like the fact that he decides to go in her window at night and see her sleep, and he's like, Oh, I'm just checking on her. I just want to make sure she's okay. And I'm like, That is creepy. But he, he does though he's he like i'm a creepy it. vampire stalker <laughs> it's like that's what i am but yes he makes all of these decisions because he's like oh i'm gonna kill it like he just at one point it was so redundant he kept saying it over and over he's like we can't be together i'm gonna have to leave and i'm like just leave because you're making me mad <laughs> just do it yeah, right, if you're gonna God. do it do it no he i i got so mad because i was like you can't i'm sorry i and i know he's just character in a book but, like, you can't call yourself a feminist if you're going to have this character who basically makes all of the the female's decisions for her. And I know he's from a different era, but that means you lived through the civil rights movement and the, 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 the amendment that got us the right to vote. You lived through all of that and you still mm-hmm. suck as a feminist. No, that's not a good excuse. I'm sorry. No. I got so you're just like you can't you can't what's the word I'm looking for? Uh not really Slide your hands together. You can't <laughs> you can't no. do that. You know what I'm talking about like can't punch rage. things. Railroad you can't have a double standard? No, you can't railroad somebody into no. doing things that you want them to do and, and, and still consider yourself like no. I d- that's that's what I don't like about this relationship is that he thinks he knows better and so he does whatever he wants to do because of it instead of listening mm-hmm. to her and listening to what she wants and he's like your beliefs don't matter she doesn't believe that her soul is damned if she becomes a vampire he does right. but she doesn't and I understand at the same time you know like his beliefs matter too and that that's what he thinks but if it's her decision to want to become a vampire then who the hell are you to stand in her way if that's what she wants and his right. whole family follows him. His whole family does. Because if, if she had been like, Alice, can you change me? Alice would have said, no, I can't because Edward won't let me. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, there's there's no feminism here. No. Maybe yeah, I think that's is. one thing that got me is the fact that, like you said, he um, didn't recognize the fact. Which one, it bothers me that she's so quick to just be like, yes, this is our second day. Absolutely. Can you turn me? please like she's just willing from the get-go she's like let's go but at the same time i realized how how i guess like broken her home life is like you know charlie is super nice we love charlie but he's Mm -hmm. like a single dad you know in forks and then you've got renee who clearly is like a child she has to emotionally 
take care of her mother physically take care of her mother and i didn't really like i got I it loved, at first i loved that description of that not to cut you off but no. that description of like why renee is the way that she is why bella had to take care of her so much is because her voice her thoughts shout to other people what she wants and so people will just do what she wants them to do like that's and, half the yeah. reason why yeah like at the end of the book when she's at the right. she shows up at the hospital and her thoughts are so loud that Edward's like, oh, she's projecting to everybody. Which right. kind of makes sense for Bella's power Because you later. have Charlie, and he said Charlie's thoughts are so, like, almost Muffled. non-existent. Like, yeah, like, yes. you have to really listen for him. And then you have Renee, who's so loud. And here's Bella, and he just can't hear her. And, mm-hmm. and That was really and, cool. Yeah. That can is. we talk about, for a second, the fact that he loves this girl only because, one, she smells really tasty. And two, he can't read her mind. Like, it's just I the said. fact that he cannot have her. And he's like, this is the most interesting. Like, the first time he sees her, he's like, oh, this is just a plain girl. Why is everybody freaking <laughs> out about this? He's like, whatever. She just looks normal. And then later he's like, mm. it's like, she is well, just so indecent. <laughs> I just love her. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he's like, indecent. She's not like, she's not like other humans because you can't read her mind. And right. I also mentioned that it seems like half the reason Edward reveals as much to Bella is because he can't read her mind, anticipate her questions, and so he makes mistakes. And I think that that, like you said, is fair. He can't read her mind, and so she's different to him. She's new. She's unexpected. And granted, mm-hmm. he does mention multiple times, though, that she doesn't follow that egocentric thought. Like, right. This she's is how normal selfless. This. And, right. and she's like a wh- good person. And we, not that she's just a good person. I think it's the whole being selfless part of it. She goes the opposite way. And again, I think part of that is is the influence of Renee. Of Renee being right. like, she has to take you can't focus on your own shit. You have to focus on me. And so that's what Bella was trained to do, is always focus on everybody else around her. And, and Edward, she was trained to do that from a young age. And so for Edward, it is different uh, for that, because he can't read her mind. And also... Because she does act in a different way than, than he other people do. Yeah. You know, like the feelings that she's feeling, he's like, oh, she must be upset and she must be this. And then he's like, whoa, that's a different response mm-hmm. than I was expecting from her. You know, like um, when they kissed for the first time and she was completely like an animal. She's like, I need more of this. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm going to bite you. Yeah. maybe. Oh, like- yeah. He was raging. She would like get his tooth right yeah she, like if, if she cuts my tooth then she could turn yeah which i didn't even i thought that was a cool thing to think about too how easy mm-hmm. it would have been for her to change and how he had to be so gentle with her all the time he's like i could snap mm-hmm. her neck <laughs> i was like oh oh yeah like his thought process when he first comes across her and he's like i can easily take out this room and then yeah. suck her blood and then, like i thought that was so neat like in that in that time frame that we see him just glaring at her he's like how can i kill her and how no one noticed for the longest amount of time possible yeah you know and it gets me too because he has such a supportive family he really does and i think that is so lovely and at the same time, they're supportive of both reasons. They're like, okay, if you don't kill her and you want to date her, okay. You know, except for like Rosalie, you know, you've got a few people there. But like after a while, like even Jasper, when he realized how much they love each other, he's like, okay. Like, you know, I how he felt. That. that was really nice. And then, but, but the other hand. With them because he loves that feeling. 
Yes, and I think that's so nice that, like, just, you know, because we know him as, like, somebody who's, I don't want to say violent, but he's had a violent past, and then it's very standoffish and so for us to get that side of him was really beautiful it was really yes but then you also have his family who's like okay if you make a mistake and you do suck her blood or eat her or kill her whatever like it's okay it's all right we'll forgive you and we'll just kind of move on from it you know we all make mistakes homie (laughs) that's some people's family though like there's like there's such thing as being too supportive to where you're enabling i think that for his family, because you see this with, like, people that kill other people, their family still loves them, which is fair. I get it, because mm-hmm. you're like, why Just... the hell do you still love this person who murdered somebody, you know, But or, or they can't believe that their baby did that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's sort of the same thing, the same process of, of his family still caring for him, even though he uh, is a psycho murder person. So, oh, he oh, can be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like so, that. I I do think that you're right. In a lot of ways, they do enable him, though. Like, or or mm-hmm. what he knows they want lets him be enabled. So, like, he could have left, but he also knew that that was going to break up the family because Rosalie didn't want to go yet, and him and Alice belong so well because they share. Like, they're both kind of outcasts among themselves, and then also mm-hmm. it would hurt Renette, uh, hurt Esme because that's her kids and she wants to be near them all the time so right yeah she th- it was really sweet to hear her thoughts they were very very sweet towards all of yeah. the children particularly edward yeah. yeah she was super happy she's like oh man he's finally found someone like this is great and, really sweet. you know but listen also just a moment if i were alive for 80 years and the fact that he hasn't already had sex I guess we're just assuming. I don't know if he has or not. He but, hasn't. So that's what, right? So, because, yeah, because they had that conversation, right? Yeah. Him and and Bella. And, Bella. and uh, they haven't. And the reason why that is ha- is because because Stephanie Meyer is a big fan of no sex before marriage because of the mm-hmm. whole Latter day States thing. That's why that doesn't ever happen. But I also think of what era he was from, too. Right. But, now, granted, right. most of the like, there's a, there was a point where the men were as virtuous as the women at some point, but but there's also like men were pretty much getting their dick wet whenever, and if a woman like raised her her skirt a little too high, they're like, ankles. "Strump it, strump it." She's a ruined, fallen woman. So <laughs> I don't know right. exactly where the crossover happened. I mean, still, right. like, people still look at women like that sometimes. And I get too that those emotions are maybe kind of muffled i don't know since he's kind of just stuck where he is but at the same time like living that long i think i'd at least give it a try like i'm a vampire he has tanya like she's good looking it would be hard for me to read someone's mind and realize what they're thinking about me and be like "Mm, okay okay yeah let's let's not get that you know did he just did link just use you as like a yeah i was a stepping stone in his uh journey across the room I love that cat. He's a, he's a wild man. Uh, so anyway, but yeah, yeah, would it be interesting just to hear someone's thoughts? They're thinking about having sex with you, and you're just like, "No thanks, homie." Which I mean, you can definitely not be interested. But I feel like that would make me a little interested. But that's me being, yeah, vain, I believe it's a little bit of vanity. But I'd be like, "All right, why not?" 
like and i get the situation with tanya where he's like okay like you know she's very she's like the succubus right like the original succubus kind of thing and that's so neat but at the same time i think if i could hear what she was thinking and it was so indecent i'd be like Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So right. your soul's already damned. So why are you waiting for marriage? Like, yeah, exactly. Do it, I mean, further damned. Okay, there's there's levels of hell, Heather. Don't you know? Haven't you read? Oh, <laughs> my bad. There's the vampire, and then just beneath that is vampires who have sex before marriage. <laughs> of course, exactly. Of course. Sorry, <laughs> Jesus. That's somewhere in, in Dante's Inferno. It's fine. That's the one about hell, right? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we no, were supposed it. to read it in high school. We did. Yeah, we so, we were supposed to. I didn't. Oh, I did. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. I started to. I did not either. I, it was too convoluted for me. I couldn't get through it. It was um, a long time. It was a long read. What yeah. I can understand of it. And then we were supposed well, to write a it? paper. We did not have to do that either. Dante's Inferno. Oh, I thought you guys were talking about sex before marriage. Waiting. And I was like, no, I didn't wait. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I no, that's what you're, you're talking, talking about Dante's Inferno. I also read yeah, that. Read yes. You okay, read it, so... it? Cool, cool. I did not so read it. Was like... Well, I mean, it was a little bit iffy. Like, uh, some parts of it I read and some parts of it I didn't. Um, so it was a little bit. Mr. Crumb was the one that assigned that to us. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Love him. All right. So... Yeah, that's probably why. Oh, I was going to say, can we talk real quick? And this is going to get a little raunchy, a little raunchy, y'all. But mm-hmm. uh, can we talk about how Tanya was like, I like to sleep with human men? Can you imagine? Like, I don't, okay, they're really cold, right? How, how does a man hold an erection? <laughs> it's like an ice pack. <laughs> oh, yeah. In, exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> in a cold ass statue. Explain that to me. Also, well, they even don't, in Avengers they don't have Sevenfold. Ears. Oh, shit. Stop. Oh, God. Stop. <laughs> That's so not appropriate. <laughs> anyway. So, also, maybe they had that no fetish. Tears? If there's no tears, or are there tears? See, this is what I'm wondering about with the semen, right? Or the like, location. Oh, I have so much to say about how Sorry, their bodies work. The like, book. Yeah, nope, this is just a little tangent, a little anatomy, physiology tangent, which I think they discussed that Carlisle had some ideas about how their bodies worked. He did mention when he ate the little piece of like pizza, he would have to cough it up later. Very Attack on Titans, if you guys have watched that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have to, they eat humans and then they can't even digest them. So like, oh. um, okay. But if you can't produce tears, but you can't produce venom, but you can produce semen... But how do you produce semen? <laughs> I have so many questions. Yeah. And also, semen works best at a slightly lower body temperature. I don't imagine that it would work great at his body temperature. I have a lot to say. It's okay, Heather. Maybe is it a, is it a type of venom? Well. Maybe it's not straight up sperm. Maybe it's like penile venom. But then, when she turned into a vampire. The baby that's what didn't either. So you know what? Yeah, exactly. Maybe it works different yeah, in the uterus. Just some disbelief, I guess. I know. I know. I want to work it out. I want it to work. Yeah, but you can have to, something. Like, explain. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, well, um, 
you go ahead. All you, all you. No, no, no. All you, all you. One hundred. So I also wondered, like, can they even use the potty? But I guess not if they don't need to eat or drink. But they do nope. drink the blood, and he mentions feeling bloated, like the way that he, you know, felt very gorged mm-hmm. on the blood. So then I thought, well, what really happens? to that because that's the way they eat and they drink that's like satiating their hunger but what what happens yeah. from there to all of that I guess there's no waste blood. so the reason that we pee and poo is because we eat food we can't digest all of it so there is waste but maybe they use every ounce of the blood so there is no waste and then that but also that they're not alive because that's one of the things of being alive right what, alive. oh yeah producing waste or yeah mm-hmm. right just like so, biology 101 right but if their heart doesn't beat, then how do you absorb the blood? I have so many, mm, so many questions, and I think at some point you just have to be like, it's a, it's a book, it's a book. That's what I said. We have to suspend disbelief. That's what that means. Yes. Right. And it is a little hard to suspend disbelief when you know we've been fans for so long and we got to Breaking Dawn, and then all of that happened, and we had so many questions. We were like, what? But I get it. Though at the same time, you know, if you want to enjoy it, you do have to suspend that. I mean, they're vampires. Yeah. They don't exist in real life. Right. So. Says whomst. Mm. I'll give mm. you that. I'll give you that. Mm. 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 <laughs> oh. Anyway. Um, but that was, uh, yes, yeah, so their physiology there, very interesting. To right, because I'm sure, yeah. But it, it, I once had a very long conversation with Joseph um, on how, like, a zombie outbreak would have to work. Mm-hmm. And what that would look like on a physiological level. So I think I just happen to do that with things. So sorry, people out there who are like, just don't think about it. It's, cool. it's okay. <laughs> I watched this video um, called What If on YouTube. And it was yes. about like, you like, I love What If. And one you of them was like, it. what if Godzilla were real? And uh, And it's so sad because it can't be. Uh, just physiologically yeah, I'm super it sad that there is not a huge ass dinosaur destroying Tokyo yeah, I'm happy about that you know, Damn it. I like to believe that there could be like you know these supernatural really cool things Kaijus, that happen but, fair enough. but at the same time yeah I figured out that was not possible like his his bone structure could not support his weight like if you do, if you do the math I love that stuff that's the type of thing that I'm like amount of food he would have to eat so yeah you think about that in terms of it it's really interesting to me in terms of twilight because carlisle never really had a break that we know of did he to eat human did he just automatically go to eating well he was raised very very religious so i would think that like thou shalt not kill was was a big big thing for him so i think that he didn't ever eat human he only ever tried to kill himself which I get. Um, tried to so he's the up. OP vampire. <laughs> OP just uh, uh, completely don't know how he did that, but yeah, original vampire that did you know vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that yeah. would be OG. OP is overpowered. Oh, okay. So meaning that he just had like this crazy ability to not eat human, but but I guess he had just such an aversion as right, like you mentioned religiously, because if they get stuck in that mind frame and it takes a lot for them to change, then yes. Oh, interesting. That's a that's a good way to think of it. That he also explains even. why he would want to continue to kill himself because he thought he was a vampire. Thought he was a demon. Mm-hmm. Oh man, so, so sad. The things that you try. I forgot, honestly, forgot how you killed a vampire 
in the book because Edward mentioned, oh, there's only a few ways. So I remember the tearing them apart and setting them on fire. Yeah. <laughs> One, uh, I was like, okay, um, that's really messy. But what was the other? What are the other? Re- are there any others, or is that the only one that we? Come well, across? that one, or uh, I think that one's the the way all the way across. But you can either do that yourself, or you could take them to the Volturi, and they would do it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And then werewolves have the sharp enough teeth to tear them apart, but you still have to oh, set yeah, them on were- fire. Werewolves? It, no, 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 no. I think you're right. Werewolves, the bite can hurt you, yeah. can kill you, because oh. that was the that was the thing. Like, uh, or is it the venom can kill a werewolf? I can't remember. There was a scene at the end at the, in Breaking Dawn where she like wakes up. I don't remember. I don't remember. But I do like that we have now we have like the the original triangle all of their thoughts or like their points of view at some point. We have Edwards in the Night Sun and then Jacobs and Bella's in uh, Breaking Dawn. Mhm. It's kind of cool. Uh, uh, Jacob. I honestly <laughs> straight up would have liked to seen Red to uh, Edward's version of what happened in New Moon, like what the hell were you doing? Because we right. get we get Edward's point of view when she goes to Phoenix, like she's there and she's just hanging out in the hotel room. We don't have a lot of information, but he, you know, tracks the tracker down or has them follow him, and he blows up Emmett's jeep, which was really cool. And he's like, "I'll give you a new one." And Emmett's like, "Man, we just set my jeep on fire. That is cool as hell. You owe me shit, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love, love, love the scene. They're driving as fast as they can. He has all of them look in different directions so he can see like 360 yes, view. That, that was is. so well yeah. done. That was really, really cool. I was like, oh, creative much. Get out of here, stuff. Or when they're talking to Alice and they're trying to figure out which way the tracker went. So they're all like mm-hmm. focused on you're going this way. I'm going this way and you're going this way. This Who mm-hmm. finds the tracker? That was cool too. Like, yes, because you have to imagine they haven't done anything like that before. They haven't had to like track or find anybody. It seems like they after they got right. together cohesively as a family, they've been pretty chill. But now you have these like these things are coming up on the fly, which is just super cool. Yeah. Yes. And I think also to me, Alice is amazing. Like her ability and the way they are able to use that is so neat. She is the I, best. Yeah. She's quite possibly my favorite character. Like she's just. I think amazing. she is. Yeah, for she's me, just she so is nice and kind she is and super beautiful. nice. And she's she, like, yeah. you can't kill Bella because she's going to be my friend. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and she just looks at Jasper and she's like, Jasper, you're going to have to go with me on this because she's going to be my best friend. Okay. She was like, kill her. Edward, look. And Edward's like, no, no. Yeah, no. she kept telling him, like, when do I get to meet her? When do I get to meet her? It's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. When do I get to meet her? It's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> so cute. I love it. Oh, it was so, oh For gosh, sure. yes. And then she comes up and she's like, yeah, she does smell really good. I see what you mean. <laughs> I, yeah, He's Alice, like, <laughs> Alice and, and Esme, maybe Carlisle too are my favorite characters. But I just like, Carlisle seems like he, I don't know. I just really appreciate the way that he built his family. Mm-hmm. You know, like he tried to do what was best for them, and straight up though, like Rosalie may be a bitch, but can we just say, oh like she, I get why she was. I totally understand it because she's like, listen, you're gonna ruin this girl's life. Do you think? And he's like, well, I'm just gonna leave her at some point. And she's like, really? Do you think that she's ever gonna be okay with a human man after being with you? You selfish prick. Right. First, secondly, can we talk about how you're not going to change her? Sure, because you don't want to. But what happens when she wants to? Because she's going to want to spend forever with you. See, 
yeah aforementioned point made above like you know like absolutely and i do think like she had some double standards too because she did yes. have emmett changed but emmett was also dying emmett, emmett was dying and so he was dying and i mean you know i understand that um but at the same time she you know she's upset because she wants to be human and she wants to have that life and bella has that and she can't see how bella which to be fair like i said bella just completely is like so you're gonna change me right like i want to be a vampire right now today let's do it come on and she she just i don't like the fact that she doesn't seemingly give it any thought other than she wants to be with this guy forever which Mm -hmm. is great but that was one of my problems in twilight like how do you how do you do that when you have a family you know that's gonna die before you and I think the other thing, too, that I was thinking about as far as, like, Rosalie goes, like I said, I understood where she was coming from, but I was also like, maybe she doesn't want kids. Some people do not want children, and their feelings are valid. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that Rosalie wanted kids, and I get that, but, like, what if Bella legitimately, all things aside, what if Bella legitimately did not want children, and she just wanted to be with Edward, and they've had a long enough courtship that it makes sense for her to want to spend eternity with Mm -hmm. him, she's thought everything out. Like, who are you to say you're not thinking of all the things that you're missing? Like, no, I did. I just, I, losing Edward means more. And I kind of, okay, again, they haven't been together that long. And we, I think, so who, which one of you sent me the TikTok oh, about? Heather, the one where it's like, <laughs> oh, they've really only been a, a, together like a, a year and a half or something. Half. The whole, yeah, the like whole all together. In a year and a half. In a year and a half. And, and seven months of that he's gone or something like that i can't remember like oh it was over half the time that the books took place he was not there so so it's like i how well do you know him and how much do you actually want to devote your life to that just asking right right forever (laughs) like forever Mm um and i get it though i mean it's it's a valid option but I just feel like there is very much, um, because they are teenagers, there is a lot of teenage angst there. And there is a lot of, man, I love this person because they're mysterious and they're brooding. And, you know, and like with Edward, it was more of like, I can't obtain her thoughts. I can't obtain what she's thinking. Like, this yeah, is so different. And she, you know, and then with her, it's like, here's this beautiful being, like, you know, vampire who wants to suck my blood. And man, do I love that. Because also, like, I get that she's super clumsy, but it's like every other paragraph, I feel like they talked about how she was just in so much danger because she's so fucking clumsy. I'm well, like, it's okay. Stephanie Meyer talked about that quite a bit. The reason why the 10th anniversary edition of the novel came out, she didn't do any rewrites or edits to it. What she did was she gender bended. Is that, is that how you say that? She gender bent yeah like with uh, edith and edith and and into edward into edith and bella into beau i think something like that i don't remember but she did that to show like it wasn't just that bella was a female and that's why she did it because and i know we're talking about just being clumsy in general and i remember bella talking about this in uh in breaking dawn too is that she was always meant to be a vampire she was never meant to be human for very long because like life was really too dangerous for her and she couldn't take care of herself as far as like being too clumsy and she was meant to be in this graceful form now granted yeah she would have died like (laughs) 10 times over she was kind of reaching but i also could see why she would lay the groundwork there in the beginning of her being too clumsy and it making sense for her to be a vampire later 
But yes. just because you're clumsy mm-hmm. does not mean that you need to be an ethereal being. being. Yeah. Sorry. Well, what gets me is just like immediately he's like, man, Learn she's so clumsy. I'm going to have to Learn take to it walk. myself. <laughs> Learn to walk. Grow up, Bella. Oh, wait, you can't because now you're a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to derail. No, My apologies, you're fine. My apologies you're fine. to Sarah. <laughs> No, no, it was funny. It was very funny. Um, no, but what it is, not, like, not I did to, not like. like... Any, to any disabled people, that's not where I was going. No, it was, it, I did not like that he just took it as, like, man, she's clumsy. A few of these things have happened. Terrible luck. I'm going to have to bodyguard her 24 7. Like, I'm going to have to take it on myself. Excuse. Yeah, and I was like, dude, come on. Like, it's just kind of. Like, and, but I do see, like, I thought of it more as kind of like a. Um, uh, final destination thing where she was really supposed to die with the van so all these terrible things keep happening no joke i thought that same thing i was like oh it seems like that's just death trying to get her because she cheated yeah him. because she cheated it so many or times her. so if they didn't she cheated yeah them. she cheated yeah. Death. thank you yes. for not gendering that thank yeah, you i appreciate it there you go i do like that though like because i think at one point he talks about stray meteorites right He's yeah, like, he's like, oh, he's, I, can I have to go like, sit in her room just in case of stray meteorites. Really, guy? Really? And he's like, I gotta protect her from spiders. And he goes and he kills the spiders. <laughs> he's like, yeah. And he's like, look, if it wasn't for me, she couldn't have this blanket because she's cold. And he's like, ha ah. And then he sits in the corner and he waits. Really so awkwardly. You're just, you're just an awkward, awkward, crazy, creepy dude. It's okay, though. I mean, you're just a fictional character. No people were harmed in the making of this book. So. <laughs> crazy. Anyway, absolutely. Any other thoughts about this? I'm sure there's more. I can't remember what it was that I wanted to say. Who knows? I remember the thing. I was just going to say, I feel like Edward and Bella do deserve each other just in that they neither one of them see each other, see themselves clearly. Mm. Like, Bella doesn't see herself clearly, and Edward doesn't see. He's a pessimistic asshole. Oh my gosh, he's himself a constant monster. Can you just like, yeah, you know, relax on the on the hatred, self hatred? I can do without that. This six hundred and fifty eight pages of you just hating yourself and hating your situation. How are you still alive? How? Jesus. That's why I said he was so redundant, and because it's just so. You know, at the beginning, he's like, I'm so bored. I just stare at the cracks in the wall. Like, every day is just so boring. And then you get this interesting girl, and in comes all of the... It was interesting to me to see his, like, teenage side, you know, because he's dealing with thoughts as, like, a mature vampire who's lived through the ages, but at the same time, he's an 18 or 17-year-old boy, which... Mm -hmm. Does Bella turn 18 when she she's turns 18, 18 in okay. the beginning? I couldn't remember if she was actually set because, you know, I feel like with age of consent, they would want her to be 18, she, I suppose. She was, she was 17 until, uh, what's it called? Until the beginning of New Moon. That's the birthday mm-hmm. party when Jasper, she gets, she gets cut. cut. That's when he leaves her, which I found oh, to be interesting. Yep. He also experiences that sort of, hold on, let me find it. I've marked it. It's like one of the few things I marked in the end of the I forget. Book. God, guys, I'm going to have to go back and reread these. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that we timed this with the Netflix release of all of them. I, said, oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I just rewatched all of them just to be like, oh, yeah, oh, that's different. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, and now I'm going to have to read all the books, watch all the movies. We it's just a cycle. Re-read. We just Absolutely. reread these books recently. Last Christmas, right? No, Christmas. We read Twilight. I read yeah, New Moon. Then you reread the entire series. Oh. Uh, yeah, I didn't finish them. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't. Was it last Christmas or Christmas before? 
It was last. The one before. Because it was right before I went to go see Hozier. Well, that. Which was 2019. We reread all the books in 2019. Book Club 2019 was us rereading books we read in high school. From high school, yep. Yep. So, yeah. Book Club 20. Anyway, so I guess I didn't just reread them. (laughs) I reread them two years ago. It's fine. Um, But if you take out the whole year of COVID, you basically just reread them. Yeah, the whole year didn't even count. That year doesn't count. I mean, what even happened? So uh, there's this, uh, I found this book at, at Walmart and it was like the story of my life and it has you go through and every, um, so it has different writing prompts for you to write about your life. Cause after my, after my aunt died, um, I just was like, there's a lot of stuff I don't know about her. And I, I don't know if anybody would want to know that information about me, but I'm gonna write it down just so people know. So anyway, <laughs> but it has different writing prompts. And one of the first things is like, write a sentence for every year of your life like with a big thing that happened either like a life a death a birth uh that's the same thing <laughs> and or or like a specific memory something that was really important to you that happened during that year and so like the year i turned 27 i was like is it 27 was it 26 when did i turn i think it was like it, 26 into 27 covid 2020 happened i don't have to say anything else but that no, was it. That i was remember enough. that forever yeah but anyway, so the one thing I, I, I bitched about this in the beginning about how I was really mad about Edward leaving Bella, because first of all, he knew what was going to happen to her because Alice foresaw it. Mm-hmm. She Alice showed him. saw that. Yes, I was and so mad. He knew he was going to come back anyway because he wouldn't be able to stay away from her and her pain, which was just bullshit to me. I'm like, if you knew you were coming back anyway, you just put th- her through a whole lot of bullshit for no reason. If I were exactly. Bella and I found that out, I'd be like, we're done. Because you're selfish. Yep, anyway, right? first. Secondly, he also goes through that. Like, he has felt what she's what she's going to feel. Because he mentions, I think on page, it's 532. He goes, my arm flexed around her convulsively while the hole in my stomach stretched wider. Because she was right. Everything would be wrong when she wasn't with me. I didn't quite know how I would function. So, like, if you feel that way, and you know that she will feel that way, why would you put her through that if you know exactly mm-hmm. how she feels? Selfish. Because you're a big saggy dick. Well, and you're 17, mm-hmm. and you're not thinking straight. Again, mm-hmm. see brain soaps and hormones <laughs> mentioned at the beginning of this episode. I'm telling you, kids, man. I would not go back to being a teenager. I don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved being. A, I I liked my memories from being a teenager, but I would the not want to go back. Man. You don't want to go back, right? No. It happened. It's great, but also never again. Yeah, I'm pretty right. happy I grew out of that. You know. Okay, <clears throat> that was my thing. Heather, I think you were going to speak, and then I cut you off. Oh, no, you're perfect, number one. Number two, I did love, um, as a big old murderino, I did really enjoy the story of Edward stalking this guy because this guy just kept having bad thoughts oh, yeah. about hurting a child, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so trigger warning there. But he really wants to murder this kid, and worse, I'm sure, and Edward was really like paying attention to him and then waited till he was about to grab snatch this little child out of the window and that's when he took him and the guy was like i get it i'm a monster and i'm like yeah. that whole scene was a really nice addition yeah nice that was really nice well, he mentions too that he, he there's a couple times that he got rid of serial killers there was well first of all the, the one that was going after bella that guy had previously right. hurt someone and killed someone yeah. And so right, he and I like off. that Carlisle took care of him as well. I thought that was really yeah, nice. Yeah, that touch. was really nice. 
and then that. and then he mentions now i didn't get it and i i don't know if i should have i don't know if it was like an allusion to a big thing that happened but there was a point when edward kills like a very famous it sounded like it was a famous serial killer when he was going through his rebellious phase of killing murderers mm-hmm. do you remember i don't write off but that makes me want to reread uh, it. i remember him talking about it and how oh gosh i forget i know what part you're talking about I don't know what page it's on, but I can't remember exactly what he said. I know he mentioned he wanted to make sure they were guilty before he did it. Hi. Uh, but I can't remember the name. Hi, Jacqueline. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. I had brunch today with my gals. She had brunch today. I had just unmuted it and you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I checked that now. I love you. I'll see you in a bit. Yeah. Sorry, team. Um, that I don't know where it was. <laughs> we, yeah, if you find it, send it to me because uh, I, not to say I love murder, but I do love a good murder You're story. Interested in mur- in true crime. Same. True crime is an interest. Thank you. <sighs> I don't know. I'm just gonna have to go through and find it. Because he mentions that I just don't remember where. He has a lot of things that he says, okay? There's a, I'll send you guys, I think I sent it to you in, in the messenger. But um, it was somebody from BuzzFeed read Midnight Sun. And it the, the title of the article is, I read Stephanie Meyer's Midnight Sun so you don't have to. Edward Cullen has way, way too many thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes chapter by chapter and breaks it down for you. How so. long was this book? It was huge. This was yeah. a huge book. Like, it's a oh pretty long-ass thing. It was really... Twilight was not that long. Twilight was Twilight 498 was pages. Yeah. yeah, see, I was ready for that, and then I'm like, okay, I'm almost finished, and then I looked, cool. and I'm like, 685 or 75, I'm like, oh, I'm not almost finished. <laughs> My goodness. Something like that. Yeah, it's a lot of time actually for them to just kind of back and forth, like, oh, he wasn't at school today, or she wasn't at school, or you know, kind of thing. Like, I have to go do this and Mm -hmm. do that, and then come back and then go to the meadow. Like, I kept waiting for the poor Angelus thing, the meadow, and then my least favorite part of Twilight is the whole James thing. And I know that that's that's just I don't know because isn't there a part in original Twilight Bella just kind of blacks out? And then everything happens, and then she has to learn about it later. I enjoy getting to know what happened versus having her just, like, black out and come back. You know, I don't like having that time yeah. to not know. Um, There's a, have you guys seen Night and Day with Cameron Diaz and, uh, uh, fuck, what's his name? Tom Cruise? Yeah, we oh, watched that, remember? There's, yes, there's two parts in that movie where both of them are out. And, like, you get glimpses of things. And I was like, so, basically, somebody was lazy. Yeah. And did not want to film all the shit that happened in the meantime. Because it's an action-packed movie. So, that's what I'm Absolutely. That was my thought. I I don't like things where people black out and stuff happens, and then you don't get that full picture. Like, I I can't handle that. So, I enjoyed, which I still think, I understand them dealing with the tracker. I still think their entire plan was very convoluted. And I think that they could have just been a little bit better at it. But I did enjoy getting to hear about the plan and, you know, mm-hmm. getting to experience that versus I just 
Bella, who, you know, also, also, real quick, real quick. One, I don't feel like she has to be so mean to people. Like, little Billy Black's just trying to help her. He's like, man, maybe she doesn't know that he's a vampire, and I should just let her know, just in case, you know? And then she's like, leave me alone, but out of things, blah, blah. She doesn't really say it like that, but she's just kind of rude, you know? You mean she's being a teenager? With she her brain soaked to, in hormones. Yeah, she was mean to Charlie too. Remember when we did our she reread was. of Twilight? We were really mad at her. At first I we were like, so we understand upset. it. But then we also were like, you're really mad at your dad for no reason. Like, why are you mad Absolutely. at him? Absolutely. She would get just so, like, I don't, the things that she would do really bothered me because I don't know if it's because, I, I know I was a teenager, teenager at some point, but I don't feel like I would have been that mean to people. Like, you know? I definitely wouldn't have been like if my dad was trying to take care of me and putting snow t- tires, snow tires, whatever, chains on my tires. The snow whatever, chains, and, yeah. Yeah, snow chains. And if he was, you mm-hmm. know, trying to do things for me, I don't think, I don't know. But also, you know, I'm an adult now and I definitely think you should appreciate people. I don't feel like Bella appreciated people as much as she should have. And that's why she was willing to turn into a vampire. Because she was a little selfish. That's good. Yeah, she was. She definitely, I think we're all... along with her selflessness. Um, but, you know. <laughs> it's, it's a weird dichotomy. It's a weird dichotomy. That's fair. Oh, I love the term but I'm dichotomy. just a big fan of Charlie and not a big fan of um, Renee. Well, I wasn't a big fan of Renee to begin with, honestly. No, never. I was like, really? You're gonna let your your kid that you helped raise? She just honestly, I didn't. I definitely didn't like her before, but now I like her even less because she was like, I don't want to be tied down. So I don't want us to have an animal of any kind. I don't want any of these things to detract right. from us being able to go and do it. You have a child. <laughs> right? Yeah. Being a mom. You have the I'm ultimate pet. Your child. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was, that's very selfish of her. Mm-hmm. And you know, also the fact that Edward's like, hey, maybe you should eat. Because we always talked about how little Bella ate. Mm -hmm. She just gave no thought to it. And Edward's the one who's like, eat, please? (laughs) You're human? But also, Edward, don't tell her what to do. I didn't like him telling her to eat. I was like, mind your business. Know her? We're stuck here. We want her to eat, but we we want her to want to eat. Exactly. I was just very much like, just don't eat cereal again. I don't know. At one point, she just ate cereal, and I was like, girlfriend, please eat. Let's be honest, (laughs) Sarah. If you wait long enough to make dinner, everyone will have cereal. Listen, (laughs) cereal is my favorite. I can eat it morning. I can eat it for lunch. I can eat it for dinner. I should tell my husband to pick up some cereal. Reese's Puffs. Crave. Oreo O's. Special K Red Berries. Oh, that one's I like the special K. Red berries are my fave, and I put like bananas in them. Oh my god! Oh, so good. Mm-mm-mm. All right, well, um, final thoughts before we go into casting, or do we want to cast and then do final thoughts? I'm gonna do finally thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, overall, great writing. I've always loved Stephanie Meyer's writing. Obviously, the same issues that have always been between Bella and Edward are still there, but I think this added so much to the story that I did not expect it to do. I was, I think if you're a fan of the Twilight series, definitely, definitely, definitely read this one. It is not just the same story again. You get a lot more insight. It has some really mm-hmm. cool, I don't know what you call it. I think her, her use of Edward reading minds is very creative. Mm-hmm. So you should read it. It's my, I, oh, that's my, I guess, recommendation as well. I do recommend 
Absolutely. Um, same here. I think that the cheese, I think, is very strong, but I do enjoy it um, from Edward's perspective. Like I said, still think it's very unique. Not necessarily that you can't have things from different perspectives, but the idea, like I said, of an entire book being from a different perspective, that's really cool. Um, but yeah, I like the more backstory you got. I really enjoyed getting to hear people's thoughts, you know, some of your favorite characters, like in his family and everything, getting to hear that, see their dynamic and how that works. And so I thought that was really neat. Like, you know, you're not just seeing it from like Bella being there, sitting in the lunchroom, like staring at them, like you actually get the way they interacted with each other. I really enjoyed, really enjoyed. 10 out of 10, would recommend. I feel like, you know, like you said, if you're a fan of Twilight, do read. Yeah, I, I agree. I liked it. I, like I said before at the beginning, I think if like, if this had come out before Twilight, I probably would have loved it more than I did more than I loved Twilight. I do think yes. it's a really nice, like it fills in the gaps that twi it <sighs> paired together. They're like a really, really, really good book. If you did both of them, like read one back to back, because it, it fills in a bunch of stuff for you about Bella that you don't get in the original book. And Stephanie Meyer used said that the reason why she did that was because Bella didn't find it to be important enough to put that information in. Again, I disagree. Um, I think she becomes a fully-fledged character in that, in, in this, in Midnight Sun. And so I really do like it a lot. Um, I know we shat all over it a little bit, but I still thought it was a really good book. Uh, for all the same reasons that these other ladies have explained a lot more eloquently than I have. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. I would recommend it. I think it's good. Sweet. We move to casting. Casting. I have Edward up first. Sweet. Let's do it. So for Edward Cullen, I picked Lewis Partridge, which if you've seen Enola Holmes, he is Tewksbury. I like him a lot. He's a 17, 18 year old guy. Uh, I think that he's a better, he's more charming and charismatic, in, at least in Enola Holmes, than uh, Robert Pattinson is. I don't know why the hell he was like that because I've seen him and stuff, and I'm like, oh, you are charming. You are classy. I'm kind of here for you. But in Twilight, I don't know what the hell was wrong with him because he did not act like that at all. <laughs> right. Like in other Tenet, things. I was like, ooh. Big fan, right? But in Twilight, I was like, "Oh God, get this guy out of my face!" Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, who, who else wants to go for Edward? Heather, <laughs> you go next. Um, uh, first of all, I actually uploaded all my people to the Google Drive, so proud of mm -hmm. me on that. Um, but mine. So you guys know I love doing themes for my characters. Yes. Um, except Edward and Bella. Everyone is going to be from a major blockbuster saga. So Avengers, Harry Potter. Okay. Some of those. Now, this does not include my Edward, who is, let me see his name, Darren Barrett? Or is it Barnett? It's Barnett. Darren Barnett. He plays in Never Have I Ever, which is a series on Netflix. I've got his okay. little picture there. I just thought he was such a cute little guy. And his eyes are kind of naturally golden. And I was like, what a perfect Edward. So, he's my Edward. He's a good one. Um, for Edward, I chose... I have like a little crush right now on Timothy Chalamet and oh, I love God. him. <laughs> a oh, lot God, of people like him. I know it's a problem. I don't get it, but that's okay. It's okay. I love him. I don't know what it was. What I started to watch Lady Bird. 
Okay. He was in Lady Bird, and then he's playing in the Dune series, like he's going to oh. be. And that's where I saw him, like, for the first time in the Dune series. And then my boss at the time was like, hey, you can go check him out. And I'm like, sure, I'll check him out. And then I started listening to, like, his little um, interviews with uh, uh, people. And it was really it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, Sarasha, Ronan, Sarasha, Sarasha. Yep, Sarsha, Sarsha. Mm-hmm. Her, Sarsha. Listen to me, Sarsha. <clears throat> so I listened to his stuff with her and uh, thought, so I chose him. All right, nice. I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, I chose Sissy Sheridan for Bella. Uh, she's in Raven's Home, Odd Man, Rush, Copycat Killers, and The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I don't know, honestly, I don't know how you came across her, but I looked at her face and her demeanor and all this other stuff and i was just like and i saw her a little bit i watched a couple of her youtube videos because she sings too i think and i just was like i like her a lot i just like her Mm -hmm. she's cute right i think that her and and lewis pair well together that's what i was going for yes all right um, so my Bella is someone who I've casted so many times, and I'm gonna keep casting her. It's Anya Taylor Joy. I love her I so much. Her. I thought I really of her. Love I her. thought so hard about her. She's gonna be in all of my movies. She will be the Johnny Depp to my Tim Burton. She's great. Fair She's enough. great. I love her. Um, she is fantastic. So I thought, why not just choose like little Renesme? You know, she's grown oh, up. Well she's like age twenty oh. now. So oh, what's her name? So pretty. Uh, Mackenzie Foy. That's fair. I like going full circle like that, Sarah Bear. Yeah, yeah that's really, really figured, smart. You know, she's of age. Like, Perfect. She has that beautiful little face, and she's just so sweet. And uh, I mean, yeah. So she's her. Um, but I did have other thoughts. You know, I also thought of Anya. Um, a lot of other people. Okay. So, yeah, Mackenzie. Mm-hmm. Right, I think so. that's really well done. Thanks. Well. Thank you. Uh, Ashley Green is who I picked for Alice Cullen, which is the original Alice Cullen in the TV uh, in the movie. Same. I, also I thought did she was too. She is too good. There's no reason to recast not. what's already been fantastically. Literally, done. I'm going to be upfront with you guys right now. I only casted um, Bella and Edward because I liked everyone else pretty much. Fair enough. I, I, yeah, good. I thought of recasting like Rosalie and maybe some of that, but then I thought, you know, I really like the dynamic of Rosalie and Emmett. Um, you know how they, the actors and the actresses there. I thought so. I just I left everyone Nikki pretty Reed. much the same. Mm-hmm. I think just Bella and Edward. And even then, like I can't remember who I really enjoyed for Edward. Like I know I could never find the right person. You know what I'm saying? for that role so i've been searching and it's been hard and i don't even really like a lot of my choices so honestly i kind of love noah centennial just like his charm from uh uh to all the boys i've loved before yeah like that if if we could take that now he doesn't have the looks for it not that he's not super attractive he is right right but his like his demeanor and overall him as that character I think just a little bit more, you know, introverted as opposed to, like, out and about like that was really good. I just, because, like, from Bella's point of view, at least, okay, we are we are casting the Night Sun, and I'm happy with my choice. But, like, in Twilight, from Bella's point of view, Edward is super charming. And, like, right. you know, in, in Midnight Sun, he's not as sure of himself, but still. Anyway, 
Right. So, uh, who is your Alice, Heather? So I went for Emma Watson with her pixie cut. Very mm-hmm. cute. Okay. I can, I can dig that. I, I did this Ashley Green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then I kept Jasper, the same guy as a Jackson Rathbone. Same. Yeah. Um, so I actually wanted to give a big shout out to one of the best fighters in the Marvel Universe. And although he is no longer alive, a uh, huge shout out to Chadwick Bosman. Yeah. Uh, Wakanda forever. Yeah. So he's, he's your Jasper? He's my Jasper. I'm here for that. Okay. 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 Since Jasper like was a fighter, it. you know? Yeah. Listen, yeah. I little... love him. Oh my God. He was, sure. he's an amazing, or was an amazing actor, really. Yeah. Losing him, that's just heartbreaking, honestly. Oh, it hurt. he's really good all right sarah here's your jasper uh i chose the same one oh yeah i forgot you you already told us us. (laughs) i wasn't listening sorry i was was listening but i was just i forgot all right uh rosalie hale i picked lexi hensler who is a youtube star she's dabbled in acting modeling and singing but she is beautiful it was her or India Batson, honestly. I forgot about India, but India Batson is gorgeous as well. Just like hot damn. Whew. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, I just like the way yeah. that she looked. Very pretty. <laughs> nice. I'm into it. Um, I went with Jennifer Lawrence. Nice. Okay. Okay. I'm kind of here for that. Yeah. I can just see her being mean to Anya Taylor-Joy and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. If I had changed Rosalie, I was going to pick Sophie Turner, but oh, I didn't know. I really Sophie like Sophie Turner. Turner. Nice. Sophie Turner's 10 so, out of 10. There you like go. So that was Sarah's, that was Sarah's choice there, Sophie Turner. I thought yeah. she was really nicely done. And she just has that kind of like, she could do that resting bitch face kind of thing. 100. So. All right. Um, I got Emmett Cullen as Graham Phillips. He was in Atypical, The Little Mermaid Live, The Good Wife, uh, Love's Long Journey, and Yes Day. Mm-hmm. Nice. I have watched Atypical, and I can't place him. I have seen it, too, and I don't remember who he is, either. I think he might be in the <laughs> newest seasons that I haven't seen yet. No, the, new- nice. the newest season that I haven't seen yet. I love Atypical. Oh. Oh, it's so good. So good. I have watched the newest season. My brother really enjoys it. I haven't even watched it, but he likes it a lot. It makes my happy. Yeah. It's really sweet. Makes my heart happy. All right. Uh, he- uh, Heather, who's your This ad? is Emmett, yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to go Chris Hemsworth all the way. Nice. Mm-hmm. Big old guy. Mm-hmm. Likes yeah. to be the big guy. He's going to be the, he's my dude. I'm here for it. Likes to be the big guy. I like that. All right. Esme. Um, I picked Rosanna Pansino. I love her so much. <laughs> She's a YouTube star. She does uh, Nerdy Nummies, uh, Baketopia, uh, which is on, I think is on HBO now. She does Escape the Night, which is also a YouTube show. And then uh, she was, she's mentioned on her, uh, when she was, she was doing something with Anna Hart. I think they were making like witch cookies, ice cream cookies. But um, she mentioned that she's the, the, the model, the hand model for the 12-year-old boy in Ghost Whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you, you know what kind of hands I have? The hands of a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I love oh, her. Fantastic. That's so funny. She's super, like, like she likes crafts, and she does, like, 
you know, baking and stuff. And she just is, she's got, she loves her little fur babies so much. So I'm kind of here for her, like, maternal energy. Mm-hmm. I like that. I went for Scarlett Johansson. Nice. Okay. I like I, it. I like that a lot, actually. Yes. I like Scarlett. Oh, ScarJo. Um, mm. I actually had an actress, but I didn't know which one I would cast her for because I thought about casting her for Victoria, but she looks so much like the Victoria who's already Victoria mm-hmm. um, in the movies. So then I thought, well, maybe she can just be Esme. So just however you want it to be, but it's Jessica Chastain. And so uh, I thought I she love would be. She's great. She's great. I just yes. recently watched Crimson Peak. Oh my God. Oh, okay. Man. Loved it. Yeah. It was really good. She Isn't she in Pride and Prejudice 2? Who is? No. Probably. Maybe no. not. She's like, in. No, I think things. that's somebody else. It's because Car- it's Caroline Bingley, but I can never remember who plays Caroline Bingley. That is. Um, Oh, the one girl who plays in the other stuff. Like, wasn't she in Gone Girl? No, that's Rosamund Pike. That's Jean Oh, never Bennett. mind. Never oh, mind. Just kidding. Let me find Caroline. Caroline. Oh, it's Kelly Riley. But she's fabulous, too. No, I, I know who you're talking about, Jessica Chastain. I think she was in uh, Miss Jules, which is a terrible movie. Don't watch it. It's got Colin Farrell in it, but it's awful. Oh. It's just, just garbage. It was a play. But anyway... Um, so, Car- wait, who's your, did you already say, you already said, Carlisle Cullen, I have, I kept Peter Facinelli, I just like him a lot. Yeah. He's I like the him original. a lot, too. He's I also think he did a really Supergirl. good job. Yes. I went for Chris Evans. <laughs> I love Chris Evans, I though. Love he, he's just so wholesome as Captain America, oh. and I feel like if there was a Captain America of the Cullens, it's, it's gotta be... Carlo. He's actually really good in The Losers, too. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I wish it were more popular than it is. I mean, oh, it's got Idris Elba in it. Oh, I love him, too. Mm-hmm. Jacqueline would leave me for him tomorrow. <laughs> and probably tonight. Understand. Yeah, I understand. I understand that sentiment. All right. And Charlie Swan? <laughs> I chose... Sorry, I just, I just clicked over to it. I like it. <laughs> I, I'm trying to find it here. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. So uh, okay. I recently got into Ted Lasso really fucking hard. I love if you haven't seen Ted Lasso, you need to. It is so wholesome and beautiful and it's a beautiful, beautiful movie show, whatever it is. It's a TV show. It's on Apple TV. I love it. It's like Sarah, it's your kind of show. I can just tell you right now, you would love it. Just because it's this this guy from Kansas City who is an American football coach, and he gets sent over. Anyways, Jason, whatever, Sidicus, however you spell his name, that's who my Charlie uh-huh. is. Anyway, so he gets sent over okay. to be a football coach, like a soccer football coach, over in England, and obviously doesn't know what the hell he's doing because he doesn't coach soccer. He coaches American <laughs> football. But, but he goes over, and he's like, I don't really care if we win or lose. I'm just here to build these beautiful relationships, and it's just, uh, it's just beautiful. I love it so much. <laughs> I rewatched all of season one, like, and I had just watched it a week ago. It's, it was, yeah, it's what got me and my uncle. I'll check it out for sure. It's so good. Okay. For sure. Anyway, so him, he's my Charlie. I like him a lot. I love that. He's funny too. Because that's something I wanted Charlie to be a funny guy because they did such a good job casting him 
yes. uh, in the movie as someone who could oh. get that humor, that dry humor across really well. Yes. Right. Um, with that said, mine is Robert Downey Jr. I'm here for that 110. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. What is the guy's name who plays Charlie? Uh, Billy something. Oh, it is Billy, you're right. Um, Billy Bob. Billy <laughs> Black. No. no. Billy Cast. It's a... Um, his name is, uh, Billy Burke. Billy Burke. Billy Burke. I knew it was a BB and I could not, could not pull yeah. it Yeah, I like, I liked him a lot. And, uh, he's been in a lot of stuff that he's been, he's a really good actor. Like, he comes across as this, like, drive guy and is, like, you know, Charlie Swan. But then, like, if you see him in Drive Angry, you're like, he's this weird-ass cult leader. You're like, okay, cool. Like, he does that, too. <laughs> he does that, too. So, yeah. so I lifted his hand at Billy Burke. I really enjoyed him. Honestly, if I wasn't trying to fit Tad Lasso somewhere in there, I would have left it as Billy Burr. But I was like, I need Ted to be in here somewhere. Okay. Um, my I just kept Taylor Lautner as Jacob Black. I think they did an excellent job. There's no need to so change too. it. Really? Absolutely. The only yeah. person that I really wanted was like when I was younger, Stephen Strait. But to <gasps> fit in, I loved him. Yes. Oh, my goodness. You're not wrong. Stephen Strait <sighs> was wonderful oh my god he's beautiful i love him in the expanse i don't know if you've watched that it's on my list but yes so that was my choice but go ahead heather who did you choose um i went with liam hemsworth nice okay Okay. (laughs) you gotta have both of the brothers in there you do i mean yeah well he was in hunger games i was like that's a blockbuster saga let's do it sounds good God, I just saw your fucking Victoria. <laughs> I'll get to it. Oh no, I I did see it. That's hilarious. Why don't you go with Victoria, Heather? Why don't you share with the class? Oh, so uh, my Victoria is one hundred percent gonna be uh, Rupert Grant in a wig. <laughs> Ruby Grant, if you will. Oh, Ruby Grant. And there are some really good ones on TikTok of people who have gender bent the entire Hogwarts cast, and I could not find it on Google Images. So if I get an opportunity, I will. Uh, that's what I'll post one of the better ones to Instagram. I like it. Nice. Well, there's some where really pretty. My Victoria is uh, Deanna James Smith from Ink Master season eleven or season ten. <laughs> season ten. She. I don't know. She's got the red <laughs> hair. She's very beautiful. I just liked her a lot when I was watching her, when I was binging with my uncle. <laughs> like, Excellent. I think I'm going to actually contact her to see if she'll she'll do my tattoo, because she's near me. So. You should. The, one the that person that did most of my tattoos was on one of the Ink Masters. Well, the so on season two, my aunt, she has a, she had a, a tattoo on her, on her, I think it was her right forearm, and that person was an Ink Master person, and he said that, and so they started watching it because of that. And nice. so I was like, I think that it, if I'm going to have somebody do a tattoo that's an homage to her, I think it would be an even better homage than somebody from Ink Master. So I feel we'll that. see. We'll see. I know. I'm already planning my next tattoo. Yes. Oh, I have so many. No, it's crazy. Um, I chose for Victoria the same. So they had Bryce Dallas Howard, but originally they had Rachel, whatever her name, last name is. Lefebvre? Lefebvre? Anyway. I really enjoy both of those. Leave it as is. Go I'm with you, May. And then James is the last one. I did not 
I didn't cast Renee. Um, but I picked Max Sheldon from he actually I was I was watching the new the reboot of Leverage and he's in it. Nice. Um, yes. Oh my god, ladies, oh, so good. I love Leverage. It's great. It, and they did it justice with the reboot. I was so happy. Anyway, so he's in one of the episodes, um, and he's kind of a jackass, and I liked him a lot. There you go. Nice. Uh, my James is Daniel Radcliffe because I needed him and, and Rupert together. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> Very purposeful. <laughs> all the slash, all the slash, but not slash because it's gender bent. I'm here for it. Thank you. All right. Well, I know you have one more, Heather, because you casted uh, Renee. Oh, I did. It's um, Gwyneth Paltrow. I'm here for that. Because it's, you know, Iron Man and Pepper Potts. Mm. You kind of broke mm-hmm. them up, but that's okay. Oh, yeah. I'm here for the tea. <laughs> Stirring it up, serving it out. Fair I enough. can see her being a really great Renee. Okay. Any other thoughts? Anything else we want to talk about before we sign off here? No. I think, I think I'm good, man. I yeah. think that wraps it up. Sounds mm-hmm. good to me. All right, Sarah. Okay. Outro us. Time to shine. All right, fellow readers, it's time to say goodbye. Remember to check our Instagram for upcoming reads and the casting list. A big thanks to our co-host Heather for writing our theme song, Dylan, who created our logo, Cynthia, who creates our episode art, and our respective life partners for their unwavering support. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll join us next time when we turn the page. <laughs>